Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I'm Will Stone, he's Chase Caldwell, and your fighting Texas Aggie baseball team has climbed their way back into the College World Series after uh, uh, a, a tough loss. A tough loss last uh, was that Friday? Last Friday to to kick to kick off the World Series. Yeah, um, I think it was a 13-8 loss to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, got down early. Um, starting pitcher uh, couldn't get out of. Uh, the second inning. Um, but then, you know, the sports God smiled upon us and said, Hey, we're going to pitch you against, uh, your uh, most hated rival of all time and give you outside a chance of to South send Carolina. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Outside of South Carolina, um, and give you a chance to send them home and in their season. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, on Sunday, 10 to victory over the Texas Longhorns. Um, and I'll say this, like as much smack as they talk about their football team, Texas is a, a legit baseball blue blood. Like they have the baseball. Oh yeah, they've always had. It. I mean, they're they're just sports in general are good at Texas. You can't deny that. Yeah, um, yeah. But but yes, definitely definitely got it in baseball for sure. And that broke a streak. The last time we won a game in the College World Series was the year that I was born in '93. So it'd been a while. And yep. uh, so of course that was sweet to to send them home and you know and get that first that first world series dub uh, and move on and play Notre Dame today or yesterday, which is probably when most folks will listen to this. Um, and <laughs> I think coming into the weekend, AM had two world series wins their entire uh, existence. And Schloss nickel has two in the last three days. Um, so that, that just speaks to where this program is at right now, where it's headed. Um, big tip of the cap to Nathan Detmer. Uh, he was that pitcher on Friday that, struggled against OU and, you know, he only threw 40 pitches and uh, Schloss comes right back to him today and he pitched the game of his, of his, of his season. Like he was uh, outstanding, went seven innings, uh, three hits, no runs, no walks, um, just dominating stuff from Detmer. Um, and then the, the, I think the, the final score was, was five to one uh, and the Irish go home, avenging the final four snub, uh, from the the CFP in 2020, avenging the the snub this year from from March Madness, uh, it, it felt really good the last three days to send those two teams home. Yeah, and and I like it because that's exactly what I said on the last episode. Um, it is, yeah, was that one of those two things would possibly happen? Um, they've now both happened, and and <laughs> I knew like it was high stakes because it was either going to happen or it wasn't, and either way, we were either going to have. We were going to have bragging rights, or we were going to have to deal with braggers. So one of the two. Yeah. Nice to have bragging rights. So um, it is. It is. And two and two very solid memes in the uh, Texas Longhorn Twitter 
sphere are are dead at this point. Um, yeah. No longer can you say that we haven't won a game a college World Series game since '93, and no longer can you say that we haven't been a top four team in the big three sports. So, yeah, right. That's what you get. One like, <laughs> like even though we technically finished uh, top four in the AP poll in 2020, like we didn't make the playoff, which is I guess technically the final four. So they were still throwing that 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 stat in our face a little bit. But mm-hmm. at this point, you're you're definitively definitively one of the last four teams uh, standing in in college baseball. So that that's definitely a good feeling. But definitely. Um, to get into the meat of the show, um, you know, after when we first started this podcast last year. Uh, you know, our first episode was kind of an introduction uh, to who we are and why we were doing this. And then our second episode was uh, just a state of the program on uh, where AM football stood at that point in time and how we felt about the future. Um, Chase and I had a, a, a podcast retreat uh, about a month ago uh, to, you know, work on the the logo and overlay and video and all this stuff and plan out our summer. Um, on the way back from that, when I was driving home. I listened to that. I listened to that episode just to kind of see what we said a year ago and uh, how things are different today. But um, I guess Chase, just right off the bat, is there like, o- like overall today versus this time one year ago? Are you more positive? Are you, you know, less optimistic? Are you about the same, or is there any, any difference? It's hard to say because I'm. I'd probably say I'm about the same because I was very excited last year. I mean, that spurned the start of this podcast was because we were so, so amped about the season. Um, right. I think, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I think I would probably go same. Um, I'm more excited in, in some ways, but I think I'm more of, like some of the concerns that I had last year are still some of my concerns this year. Um, for instance, the quarterbacks, you know, last year it was like, we've got several guys that are good, but they're unproven and what's going to end up happening. Well, then that ended up struggling. Um, same deal. You know, we've got a really, really deep room, but they're unproven. Now, if I were to compare our room this year to our room last year, which one am I more excited about? Definitely this year, you know? So right. it's kind of hard to say like, I have the same thought processes as I did a year ago, but if I had to compare my excitement level from a year ago, I'd probably I'd probably be more excited, um, just because there's more to. I don't know. There's it, it's different. Every team's always going to be different year to year, but um, I'd say mildly more excited. Okay. How about so, you? Will? So, what would you say? So, what would you say? So, you, so you, you probably went from like a nine to a nine point five. Yeah, I'd say like a seven point eight to an eight point one. Okay. Because I'm okay. not like I mean I'm excited. Don't I? I'm very excited. Excited about about the team all that, but I still have enough concerns that I'm not ready to jump off a cliff. You know what I mean? Right. Um. It's. I think for me, I'm definitely more excited. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, there's one point I wanted to bring up last year is um, like we were pretty optimistic in that episode, but we never really determined what our expectations were, <laughs> like what the like yeah. what our excitement meant. Like we're just like, oh, like we're, we're going to be really good, but we don't really like uh, we, we didn't really, I guess, detail our expectations. And honestly, looking back, I think the expectation for me was, you know, we're on a good path. 
eventually we're going to have enough talent to be able to compete and, you know, more than likely get into a, a playoff at some point mm-hmm. in the near future. That that's that, that's that was my kind of thought process. I think today I expect to make the playoff in the next three seasons. Um, maybe not this year. Um, I feel pretty good about next year and the year after. Um, it could happen this year. I'm not going to roll that out. But um, and it's just like it, it like if if you said that to someone you know that listens to the. Paul Feinbaum show. I, I don't know why anybody would do that, but if they did, um, you'd be like, well, you know, AM was so hyped last year. They were top 10 or whatever and uh, finished eight and four. Like, like, why are you excited about that? Um, and it's just, you know, there's things we talked about on our, la- our last, you know, our Q and a that, that kind of relate to this, but, um, and it's not all on that, you know, star studded recruiting class. It's, it's a lot of the, like, that's a big part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, the things that failed Jimbo at Florida state were, were quarterback and O-line. Um, we weren't sure about O-line. We felt pretty good. We, we didn't really know, but um, we had a bunch of freshmen and, you know, two of those freshmen were freshmen, all Americans and Bryce Foster and Ruben Fathery. Um, Lane Robinson has really come on and they addressed that, you know, further in the, in, in recruiting. So um, I feel like O-line's in a, in a pretty good spot, you know, it, like maybe one of the best in, in the country. And then quarterbacks like, we we liked King going into last year, right? We, we thought he was going to be a pretty good quarterback. S- still could be. But if he's not, hope isn't lost. And, you know, at this point last year, uh, Max Johnson, there was no inkling that he would ever be in an AM uniform. You know? right. like, that yeah. was just not on the radar whatsoever. So now you got, you know, two, like, you got one veteran who's played a lot of ball, one who we loved going into last year, and then maybe the third guy, the best quarterback we've, maybe ever signed you know he's in the conversation yeah. you know I, he was he, he was committed at this point last year but what he did following you know his senior year and and the all-star games and things like that um that's raised my expectations even more because i think we found you know i think one of these guys is going to be the guy to get us into the playoff and perhaps win a championship well, i'd agree with that i think um well, when we did the state of the program this time last year, we were we were already looking at Wigman and, and talking like, hey, he he's on the cusp. Here here we go. I think when we did the quarterback uh, episode last year, we even talked about him. Um, so right. so I mean, now we're here. We have those two guys, and and we more or less switched Calzada out for Max Johnson, which you know right. I mean it, o- overall, hey, we got we got three guys that I. I could get behind any of them um, selfishly. And I don't know, it wouldn't be selfish, I don't guess, but uh, I kind of, you know, want Wigman to be like the guy and like just this like Cinderella, not Cinderella story. I'm, I'm really fumbling over my words in this episode, but um, <laughs> you know, like the guy that that's like um, the freshman comes in, defies all odds, you know, that right. kind of thing. That, that's the story I, w- I would love to have, but quite frankly, I think um, we could do it with any of these other guys. And I've never really considered that the word expectations would have um, more than one definition, but I think some people look at it whenever I say, I expect us to win. I expect us to be in the championship in the next three years. Like you said, some people hear that as, I think we're going to, and some people hear that as 
that's my expectation. If we don't hit it, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. Uh, I mean it the, as the latter of, I expect us to be in the championship over the, or, or in the conversation over the next few years. Um, if we don't, that's when I'm going to really take a real hard look. And, and quite frankly, I've said this before, I think if I haven't, here we go. If we can't do it with Jimbo and we can't do it with the staff and we can't do it with these guys on the field and we can't do it with the facilities we have. And the best recruiting class of all time. We're never winning a national championship. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just the way that it is. Um, so if we can't do it with these guys, what's the point of even firing your coach? Because we, we might as well just keep paying him because we're not going to get any better than that. You know, we're at the right. top at this point. So, um, right. so yeah, that's – that's what my expectations are, are even higher than they were a year ago. And partly because I knew that we were going with an unproven quarterback last year. And, and in some way we're going with an unproven quarterback this year, but I think the talent level is so much higher at that position. And you have the experience from Max Johnson that, that is kind of offsetting it, that if somebody beats him out, that just means that, you know, they're that much better. So Right. Uh, I'm less worried about that position this year. And same with receiver. Yeah, so that's actually where I was going to go next is receiver. So um, if you told me a year ago that we'd be going into this year with no Caleb Chapman, no DeMond Demas, and no Baylor Cup, I'd be like, what the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> things have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> but that's not the case at all. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it seemed like, you know, with, with, with DMS at least, like obviously he had some uh, extenuating circumstances that allowed him to, or that forced him to no longer be a part of the program. Um, but the other two guys were just kind of uh, injury riddled. And um, to be, to be frank, uh, there's more talented players coming into the program now. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and Caleb found a good home. They, they, they both did. I keep forgetting that cups at Texas tech. Now um, that's, that's a great fit for him. I think he'll uh, do great there. Yeah, and 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 same with with Caleb at Oregon. You know, I hope they both play a ton, get to the NFL, and and hope it all works out. But sure. um, you know, up until last year, the reason we were so high on them is because that was our best receivers that we had recruited. Like we put a lot of hopes on Demas and a lot on Caleb. Like, man, if he's healthy, you know, this can be a really good passing offense. If not, you know, it may not be, and it wasn't. And um, the way they recruited receiver this past class it's still yet to be seen but i think they got three studs um you know as as good as these teams recruit so th- this is relevant because I saw, I saw this today this just happened um so ohio state in the last couple of days has has committed uh or gotten commits from two five-star receivers in this current class and they're the only team or one of the only teams to do that besides themselves because they did it a couple years ago <laughs> um but bama never did that and one of the only other teams was A&M last year with Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall, who were both five stars and Mm -hmm. don't forget about Noah Thomas, who both of us love. So, yeah. um, And then you still have guys like you still have your Keith Brown and Moose Muhammad and obviously a nice Smith's still here for this year. But um, the way they've addressed that position with, you know, elite talent and speed and how they, how it looks that they're, they're starting to recruit that position in you know, in the coming years Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a big, big positive for this program. Cause you know, I was sitting there last year. I was like, you know, Bama's got all these guys and so does Ohio state and even Georgia's got them and we've got Chapman and DMS and we really need them to be good because <laughs> we don't have a lot of outside threats. And, uh, I think, you know, 
remains to be seen, but I think those days are going to be behind us after this after this year. Well, I I, I would tend to agree with that, um, and I hesitate to say that anytime we're talking about young talent because um, you want to get excited about the young guys, but if you follow it long enough, you you remember the young guys that you got excited about, like Demas, that that you're like, oh, they're going to set the world on fire, and then they don't. So you get burned enough times on that, and then you're a little right. bit you know, skeptical of it. However, we are in the era of college football where at the skill positions, you can have an instant impact. Um, it's harder to, but I mean, we're even at the point now where quarterbacks are having an instant impact, you know, as freshmen. And, and so, and we have been for some time, so it's not impossible by any means. Um, but I think if you have one guy, you know, one really really good recruit and i think that's what we've had in the past is like the one guy that we're putting all our eggs in that basket but then we got these other two or three backups that are going to be pretty good this year we've got three of those so you know if only one of the three end up really coming on this year that's okay that we still at least had one come on you know yeah Um, i've got a a proposition and this is going to sound outlandish maybe it is but uh to put the, the three they just signed and an A&M fans perspective. Um, how would you feel if I told you, you could have Mike Evans, Josh Reynolds and Christian Kirk all on the same team. I would, I would tell you that that was a pretty, pretty accurate description of those three guys that yeah. that's, um, I mean, that that's, I, I'd assume you're talking Mike Evans being Chris Marshall. Um, right. Would Josh Reynolds, are you saying no Thomas there or Evan Stewart? Yes. Yeah, and then uh, Christian Thomas. Kirk be Evan Stewart. So that, that's yeah. that's exactly who I would have would have uh, <laughs> compared them to. Um, right. And there might be some guys that are a little bit more of of a comparison, but um, at least in recent memory, those are the three. And, right. Um, so yeah, I think and at the top of their game too, uh, because. There was a little bit of crossover from those guys. Um, I, I, I know not I know all Kirk, three at the same time. Yeah, I, I know but, Kirk and Reynolds played together for a couple years. Yeah, and I might be wrong here, but I think Josh was on campus when it, I think maybe he was a freshman. At Mike's last year. I could be wrong there, though. Um, yeah, but still, regardless, to have them all three on the on the same team at the same time. Yeah, in the same class, you know that's that's uh, pretty nice. Uh, yeah, pretty exciting. And not, that, and not that they'll all be that good. Like I, I don't, I don't know for sure that any of them will be as good as Mike was. He's the best receiver that we've ever had. Um, sure, I, I do think that Evan uh, has more. You know, like with his speed, he has more ability than 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 Kirk does. And Kirk's amazing. Like he's one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. But yeah. like I think that trio combined, like that's some that's some damn good receiver talent right there. That's yeah, who, the level. That, who do you defend? You know, who who yeah. do you cover, and who who's the the main guy? And and you add Yul Keith to that mix, and you add you know Anias, and even if we throw throw a, a chain out there um, as a receiver, you got you got several guys out there that who are you going to cover? And that's just yeah. the way it goes, and. And so I, that's I, I think that's what has me most excited about at least our offense is that 
for the first time, I really feel like our receivers can actually get it done. Yeah. Um, since Jimbo's been here, not that I didn't think that the other ones could have, because I was really high on a lot of the other receivers we've had in and out of here. Um, but right now I feel more excited. The guys that we have more confident about who we have on campus than, than I have in the past. And, and I think that, um, I think that's that then allows me to be more critical of that position because if we see more of the same that we have seen since Jimbo's been here, then that's going to, I'm going to be saying we need some sort of change at receiver. This, this isn't working. And hopefully I don't have to say that, you know? Yeah. And in addition to that, all those guys you just named, you have three, three, three guys who I think are, uh, pretty much just elite athletes at tight end. And that's the thing, like most of these guys are like, you know, those three receivers we just named and these three tight ends, they're all freshmen, which, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll get into it in our later episodes as we look at our positions, but you know, how much are these true freshmen going to get in the rotation? I mean, uh, at tight end, probably a lot of them and maybe all of them, like maybe all three of them, you know, get snaps. Um, But, but those guys are just so far and above, you know, not just athletically, because like they're all, you know, like I, I don't want to to talk too bad about about Weidermeyer. He did, he did some great things for us, but sure. um, you know he ran a five flat forty. I can tell you right now that that Donovan Green, Jake Johnson, and and Theodore Orstrom aren't running five flats. They're probably running four six four seven, um, and they're big and they're physical and they can catch and you know. Well, I'll and if you would if you would have told me a year ago that we were going to lose Weidermeyer, Weidermeyer and Baylor Cup, and then upgrade our tight end room, I would have called you crazy. But yeah. I, I think that's precisely what we did, and um, and and not again, not not Weidermeyer did some great things for A and M. I'll always be a supporter Absolutely. of him for sure, and I'm a supporter of Baylor Cup because it just the cards didn't fall right for him, but. Um, but what we have on deck here is stands to be a an extremely good tight end room. Um, yep. That during during the signing day, I was very adamantly like, we have too many tight ends at this point. You know, <laughs> it's just too good at this point. What what's the point yeah. of even getting any more? You know. Yeah, on signing day, I was like, are we really going to take Jake Johnson? Like. We've already right. got two guys. <laughs> no, I thought that was he, just he, a he, crazy idea, and then sure enough, yeah. we did. Yeah, and he might be the starter of the group. But mm-hmm. um, I think all that to say, like, w- when it comes to recruiting, like, in college football, and you guys already know this, but you have to recruit at a certain level if you want to win the whole thing. Like, teams like Wisconsin and, you know, Baylor, sorry, Baylor, um, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. They're not going to win the whole thing because they don't have, you know, they don't hit that minimum threshold of 50% blue chip players. AM does, AM has for a little while, but it's not just that. It's the level of athlete they're bringing in. Like they're bringing mm-hmm. in speed, they're bringing in size, they're bringing in just overall athleticism. Like this 2022 class, we talked about it for, you know, two hours on our, our breakdown of the whole class. And there's just so many elite athletes that, you know, it took us two hours to talk about them all because yeah, they're all so, did. so dang athletic, and they're and they're starting to replicate that some in the twenty three class. I th- I think they're just their overall approach has shifted from you know like we're going to get these these players like we think they're pretty good like they're going to be good players to uh, we're going to go out and sign 
the best athletes in the country uh, at every position as much as we can. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and when it comes to the blue chip ratio, um, I think in 2020, we were at 50%. Uh, this time last year, going into the last season, we were at 60%. I believe we're at 69% today, which is very nice. nice. Um, but the, the ratio for the last class alone was 90%. Like we only signed three three-star players and one was a kicker. <laughs> so, <laughs> and in the current class, we have one three-star commit and he's a punter. So um, if that's any indication, like pretty soon the overall talent level is going to be, you know, on the same level of an Ohio state or a Georgia or an Alabama. Yeah. And, and um, when you look at it from the standpoint of what classes are we replacing, you know, what was the blue chip ratio there? It might've been, 55% and we replace it with another class that's at 90%. I mean, that's that's a really big upgrade. 9% difference might not sound like that much, but it's huge. Um, if you do it again and you're in the 70s, I mean, good Lord. There's yeah. no re- that's that's where those expectations are coming from. It's not that we're we've got these maroon colored glasses on and we think a- AM can do no wrong cuz I mean, we still got to see them coached the way that they need to be. But again, it goes back to we've got some of the best coaches that we've ever had. We've got definitely the best players that we've ever had uh, on paper. We're all the pieces are in place now. If we can't get it done with this group, we ain't getting it done with nobody. You know, <laughs> you might as well just just go ahead and assume that we're going to go another hundred years without a national championship because it's just not coming. But. Um, yep. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And with football season right around the corner, preseason win totals and Heisman odds are available to bet on right now. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So in, in, in last year's episode, there, was, there, were, there were two factors that we brought up as, uh, as, as negatives, as things that we thought could hold this, this program back from reaching that next level. Um, and, and I think one of them for sure, I feel way different about, and that was, uh, I think Saban had just signed an extension to go through like 2029 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, trust me today, he doesn't, he doesn't fulfill that. I I, I don't, I don't believe so. He very well may, I don't know, but yeah. Um, this time last year I was like, man, he's going to coach forever. And now today I'm like, eh, he's maybe got two, three years left in him, you know? Are you on the same wavelength there? You think he's you think he's going to be here for a while? 
I mean, I, I think if he is here for a while, he's not here at the level that he has been. I, yeah, I think he really showed some colors with this whole NIL deal that that makes it seem like he's really he's not as methodical. If you listen to to all the people that really knew him, all the national talking heads, a lot of their points about the whole thing is this is very out of character for Saban. This is you know most of what he does is is very calculated. This was very uncalculated very out of character well that to me is kind of a little more about are are you are you kind of going downhill are you not advancing with modern college football like you should and i could be dead wrong on that but he's less of a threat to me going into this year as he has been in the past um not saying that alabama won't be fantastic because they will and i think if he does coach for five 10 more years he'll still be very very good and field some really good teams and they'll always be a very challenging opponent but i think the the moat that was created around alabama football has diminished and diminished quite a bit and and so then that makes it look to me as if well hey there I think us us beating them this year, us beating them on the recruiting trail, us you know like the the whole squabble that happened between him and him and Jimbo, all that is just kind of making them more and more um, mortal, and they're yeah. less immortal, and, and um, that's a good thing. That just means that they're. I don't look at them as this big opponent that's gonna destroy us anymore i look at him more of a very tough opponent that we could absolutely get by you know i think you're i think you're dead on with that if he does stick around it won't be at the level of the last you know 14 years right um and honestly i think we, we started to see it last year and and i think we'll do a deep dive on bama uh at some point this summer but um Obviously, they're still recruiting very well. I mean, they finished number two, uh, as as, as yeah. Saban told the world, you know, over the summer. Sure. And Adam was number one. But, um, you know, this time last year, they had just signed the best class ever. Like, mm-hmm. they were bringing in all these all these studs and, like, you know, things were going to go great for them. Um, I'm not saying that that cl- – like, I, there's already guys from that class that have panned out and are going to be really good. But uh, s- something just seems off. Like, I don't know if, if – it's like injuries or like maybe, you know, mis-evaluations or things like that. But I'm really curious how they look once Bryce Young and Will Anderson are, are, are no longer there, which will be after this year. So, um, mm-hmm. like, I think they have good players. They're going to have, you know, really, really good players. But is there a Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith in that group? I don't think so. Is there another Bryce Young or a Tua Tungabailoa or Mac Jones in that group? Maybe. Maybe not. Um Yeah. You know, I think in, in t- what you said about, you know, seeing them as this, you know, behemoth that would is impossible to overcome. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it used to be to where, you know, I would think, hey, we have enough talent to where if we, you know, play our very best game and get a little bit of luck, we can beat them. Now it's getting to be to where, like, you know, we have a similar level of talent that they do. And even if we don't play well, we can still beat them because that's how far we've come, which is sure. Uh, a great place to be for for an AM fan, but yeah, um, and that's that's the thing. It's it's not it's not that we're saying that they're going to be terrible. 
Oh yeah. He's going to go way downhill and go six and six and all that. No, I don't expect that. I just expect that they're not going to be world beaters and that they're perfectly attainable for us to beat, you know? Yeah. And then lastly, um, we touched on, uh, Jimbo's offense, which is a hot topic and it's so frustrating at like, and we've been over it, but if like, we still haven't seen it yet. Right. Like, yeah. And I think that's the frustrating part is why not, you know, why haven't we seen it yet? He's had plenty of time to show it, but, um, so, so, you know, being the devil's advocate really against myself, are we making excuses by saying we haven't seen it yet? Maybe we have seen it yet and it's not as good as it should be. Um, yeah. that's again, the devil's advocate talking, but, um, when I look at the tools that we have going into this year versus what we've had going into any other year that Jimbo's been here, it does elicit a, a response from me to say, we're going to have a different offense this year. And, um, that's what I expect to see. God, I hope I see it, you know, because I, I really, um, you know, I get tired of trying to bore teams to death, you know? Right. Um, but, Oh, we got a, got a comment from Brian. He said Mond was not his style QB and then he has to play his backup. And, and you're right. That's exactly how I feel about it, Brian. Like it's, it's, it's exactly that. And the hope that's in me is like, yeah, he's got his quarterbacks. Now he's going to, yeah. he's going to do his thing. We've got a much better receiver room, you know, our running backs and, and O line are set. Um, so we've got the tools now that we didn't have, last year so going into the year what i would say today of what i expect this year and what i really you know think is going to happen is that we're going to be an altogether different offense we're going to have yeah a lot more success um it's going to be a lot more fun to watch than it has been in the past but i always have that that thought in the back of my head of and if it's not <laughs> you know if it's not how do i respond to that um as yeah. a fan and, and I think the way that I would respond to it would be to be critical. Um, and it just goes back to what I've said already, like three times already is that it, you know, we've got the tools. Let's see yeah. them put, put to work, you know? Yeah. No, I think like last year was kind of a worst case scenario. Like your, your starting quarterback that we had high hopes for goes down in the second game. Uh, has Jones plays zero snaps last year. Caleb Chapman, he played in like two games last year. Uh, mm-hmm. can stay healthy. Uh, Baylor Cup didn't play at all. Um, Jalen Weidemeyer regressed for whatever reason. You know, our O-line was spotty. Um, I think, you know, I- I'm I'm still willing to give Jimbo one more year to, to show us what this offense can do because sure. I think, you know, unless there's just a historic amount of injuries and like half the team gets hurt, there's not going to be an excuse. Like if, if the offense is still – you know, mediocre and slow after like this season, then there's a conversation that needs to be happening with like, what can we do to remedy this? And yeah, there may not be anything you can do because Jimbo, like he's the guy, it falls on him. This is his offense. This is his baby. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's not going to give up play calling. He's not going to change. But I hope, and like you listen to him talking and he understands that you can't have a, a 13 play drive every drive and expect to, score a bunch of points like right you need the you need the big plays you need the deep shots 
um, the explosive plays and um, heck with a guy like Evan Stewart and a guy like Devon A. Chain, like it didn't have to be a long pass, like just throw him a screen or a slant and like they can make a guy miss and, and go the distance. Well, I think that was the problem last year is just what we said earlier of you had in these different classes, you had the one guy that you really had high hopes on. And then you had a couple other guys that you were real big on, but they, they had yet to prove it. If you looked at them on paper, there's all these other guys that were better than them, that kind of thing. And, and so like you take, you take King last year, he gets hurt. You take Chapman last year, he gets hurt. Demas couldn't figure out what was going on for some reason. Um, Baylor cup gets hurt. We, we, all our guys that we really were high on, we only have one. And whenever they they don't pan out, that doesn't work. Well, then now whenever we've got three quarterbacks that are all as equally as good as the other. And and we, we tried to kind of say that a little bit last year. We were big on Calzada, just that, yeah, he can, he can do some things. But in the back of my head, I'm like, Calzada's not a Jimbo quarterback. He's not going to perform the way he needs to. He's just going to be another Kellen Mond. And, and I think in some ways he was. He, he really impressed me. He, he did some really good things for our school. So I don't want to diminish that, but he wasn't the guy and he wasn't, he wasn't ever going to be the one to get us there. And, and so any of the three guys that we have, well, they can do it. So if one of them goes down, we got two more. And then same with the receivers, you know, we got three or four. And so right. if one doesn't pan out or one gets injured, okay. And then tight ends, we have like 17. You know, and if if one of them get hurt, well then Somebody's that just means other ones. Yeah, I, I if if we have bad tight end play this year, I don't know what I'll do because it's like yeah. they, these guys. There's no excuse for it whatsoever. Um, yeah, and and we've got an O line that's meshed for the most part. Um, we still got really good r- running backs, which is what we had going in last year. So a lot of the question marks, mainly on offense, we still have question marks. Yeah. We're still we still have a lot of unproven guys, but where last year we had one or two unproven guys, we have like three or four this year. And yeah. and that just tells me that I mean it's a it's a game of numbers. You know, right. We're we're more likely to see some success from three or four than we would one or two. And and I think that's what, what we see this year. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And um I guess last last little little note I'll put in there is um that I just kind of thought of is uh, uh, Coach uh, Adazio on the O line. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I always liked Henson. Um, I thought he did a hell of a job in 2020 with that group. You know, obviously they were uh, a finalist for the Joe Moore Award, which goes to the best O line in the country. So they were like a top four, you know, offensive line. Um, pretty good recruiter, you know, and 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 things like that. But um, it seems like Jimbo went out and got a guy that really meshes with his philosophy like mm-hmm. um if you tell me if you tell me to look at this team and, and ask me what are they going to do well this year this team is going to run the ever-loving hell out of the football this year <laughs> i can guarantee you that and off of that you know hopefully we see what we saw in the florida game in 2020 with you know downhill running game and then play action pass and then mm-hmm. you know going over the top to Evan Stewart or Chris Marshall or Anaya Smith um, or any of those guys, you know, like um, I think, I think things are going to look different this year. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it's, 
it's summer. Like <laughs> we need to, we need to have to talk about, and this is what we're going to talk about. So I think that's kind of the theme of of this team is you know you know I think the running game is going to be very good. How fast are these freshman skill players and one of the quarterbacks you know come up come up to speed and really start clicking? Because because then you could see you know you know the offense you saw at Florida State in 2013 where they broke all kinds of records and you know won a championship you know yeah i'd i'd love to see it oh i would too um let, let's talk defense a little bit though because um there are some question marks at defense i i think going into the season i feel just as high on the defense as i did last year that it's almost for me like a given our defense is gonna be good and we just have too many guys there that it, it's almost impossible to fail but um but we do have a new defensive coordinator, and so there, there's some question marks there on what will that look like. Um, so what, what's your thoughts on on the defense and new coordinator and all that? Yeah, so um, as much as we talked about upgrading the, athletic, the athleticism on offense, um, we've done the same thing on defense. And, you know, on the defensive line, uh, it was it was great last year. And uh, – yeah, I think I think all those guys, you know, there, there's two draft picks with with Leal and Michael Clemens. Um, I think PV and, and Tyree Johnson will find spots and and be able to stick on rosters. But man, when you when you look at them in the spring game and the guys that we brought in, they're just there's they're they're so much more athletic, and mm-hmm. it, it may not translate right away. But um, you know, guys like Tamisha Delier and Anthony Lucas, um, Shamar Turner. And, you know, those are guys that have been here. Like, like don't even get me started on uh, Walter Nolan and Shamar Stewart <laughs> yeah, uh, right. and, 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 and Gabe Brownlow Dindy. Like, um, it's, it's going to look like the Georgia D-line last year or the mm-hmm. Clemson D-line in 2018, where I think three of those guys went in the top 16 of the draft. And another mm-hmm. guy was was a second rounder. <laughs> like I think, I think you'll see something similar from this group because they're just there's just so much. They're just different. There's breeds. too many. Like, it's a, it's an embarrassment of talent. I mean, there's just so much of it. It's it's yeah. It's got to be good. It, yeah. If if it if it wasn't, uh, you'd be in the twilight zone. It's just yeah. it's just too much. Um, really, it's going to be the secondary that I, I'm curious to see, and I, I'm excited about it. We we've got a really stacked secondary as well uh, to complement that line. So I think, I think we'll, I think we'll see an improvement on defense, believe it or not. Um, I just, I'm excited to see the first couple games to see what do we do differently? You know, what does our defense look like under, under a new regime? You know, what, what's gonna, what's the future look like for our defense? And, and I expect it to be, just as good, if not better. Right. No, I, I'm with you on that. And man, like, I'm so excited to talk about our secondary in our our DBs episode. Uh, that's, yeah, that's me coming too. up. <laughs> like, uh, we said last week, like, this is the best secondary probably that we've ever had, or at least in our lifetimes. You know, that we've been watching watching football, but um, it's it's the same story there with these freshmen. Like, who's getting kept off the field? Like, are you going to keep? you know, Bryce Anderson on the bench or Denver Harris or, you know, Jordan Gilbert, who's a sophomore or, you know, like, or Miles Jones, who's a sixth year you <laughs> yeah. know, senior. It's like 17th year senior. 
Yeah. So like, like who's like, who's starting out of that bunch? Like it's, it's going to be so competitive. And even a guy like Josh Moten, like yeah. I thought he looked great in the spring, you know, and he's probably, you know, second or, or third string. And I keep forgetting that we signed smoke buoy and, uh, and Marcus <laughs> yeah. Killebrew. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's another embarrassment of riches. You got Damani uh, back. Like it, it, Damani, it's, and the best player on the team, Antonio Johnson, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's it, we didn't even say Jalen Jones. Like, yeah. there's there's just so many of them, which is Tyreek which Chappelle. is a good thing because that's definitely <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just keep naming them. I mean, come on, yeah. now. <laughs> there's just so many that are are um, fantastic players that that I think um, the good thing about that position and D line, you know, they're both in this in this mold. You can. You don't have to have starters per se. You know, right. the the more advanced players you have, the more rotation you get, which means the more deep your defense is. Um, and of course, that that applies across the board. But J- if Jimbo's shown anything, it's that he's going to run with the same O line. He's going to run with the same wide receivers. He's going to run with the same handful of running backs, and he's going to stick with the quarterback. So do you really need as much depth there with the way that he runs his offense as, as you might in a Kevin Sumlin offense? No, because we're not wearing them out as much as, as we had in the past. And so um, really where we need depth is on defense and that's where we have we, the we absolute most depth. So, I mean, Boy, do we it's, have it. it's deep too. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's deep, deep. So, um, and, and, and same story with those, with those young guys is, <clears throat> is speed and athleticism. Like mm-hmm. all those guys can run, all those guys can cover. Um, you know, like you're not going to have like, Oh, this is our in the box safety. You know, <laughs> like this is our, right. you know, like, like none of those guys are, are, are getting burnt. And in this, if you want, if you want to be, you know, compete with the best of the best, you have to have good secondary because, you know, if you, if you, if you want, if you want to win a championship, you're either going to have to play Ohio state who has the best receivers, uh, in the country or play a team that beat them who probably has good receivers as well, <laughs> which right. is, you know, in Alabama or a USC, if you look at what they've been doing, uh, a, a receiver, um, and, and Georgia's got guys too. So, um, that, that's probably impressed me the most because for so long we were, we were so, you know, underwhelming at that position and the turnaround that we've had and where it's going in the future, it's, it's incredibly exciting. So, um, and, and and DJ Durkin, you know, comes in with uh with Elko leaving. Um <laughs> you, you laughing at Alante's comment? Yeah, uh well <laughs> I I I initially read it as if they're not getting paid enough, but then I saw if they're not getting enough playing time. So <laughs> I, I was laughing at my initial reading of it, which was a misread. But um yeah. but he's got he's got a good point. That's why we haven't really kept a lot of guys on offense is because we don't we don't really rotate them all that much. Defense is a whole different story. You got to rotate guys. I mean, yep. if you're not, they're not fresh and you're going to get beat. So the more depth that you have, the more option you have to rotate. And and I think there's been a few positions, mainly at, at corner in the last three years or so, where we haven't quite had enough depth to really rotate them like we should. But, you know, if you can get to where you're rotating each guy every single um, drive, 
I mean, that's great because now you're keeping guys fresh. Everybody's getting playing time. And if you're a receiver, you're just like, man, I can't, I can't figure out what to do here. You know, there's just, this just isn't it. And yeah. Um, well, and like, you know, especially like a DB and especially D line, like um, that's kind of the, the, the running joke when people try to poke holes in AM class is like, you know, you signed seven D linemen in the top 100, like they're all going to transfer. Well, for, well, no, they're not all going to transfer. Like, like AM yeah. doesn't really lose starters to the transfer portal. Like, right. other teams will have guys leave and go elsewhere, but that didn't really happen here. That at well, least not the guys that, that actually play. It hasn't since Jimbo for sure. Uh, yeah. Not, not as much, but it's, um, it's a whole different deal if you had seven, you know, high profile guys at receiver. Yeah. Because you can't rotate them as much. And even if you try to, and even if you do, you, they're not really getting the true benefit there by rotating. I mean, it's good to have depth there. Don't get me wrong. Um, you you want to have depth at every position, but you can rotate guys on the D line all game long and have no yep. no trouble whatsoever. And and so if you had to compare the different different positions, just individual positions, you got D line, you got linebacker, DBs, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, O line. Tied in. Well, if we're going to, if you're going to transfer based Gig'em on Terry, sorry, Gig'em Terry, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to transfer based on playing time, let's, let's do a hierarchy of which position is least likely to do that. Well, your defensive backs and, and your defensive linemen are going to be the two at the very bottom of that list because there's so much rotation that happens there versus a quarterback right. where, you're probably never rotating, so you don't get the starting job. You're out. You know, you're just never going to see the field unless your guy gets hurt. So, right. um, you know, I, I think if there was one, if there was one or two positions that I'm okay with depth and I'm less worried about transfers and that kind of thing, well, of course, it's it's going to be the defensive line. It's going to be the DBs. You know. Yeah. 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 Especially with the D line, like you rotate those guys. You know, every series and. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fourth quarter, it's going to eat opposing O lines alive when when they're you know when they're gassed and having to block you know uh, a Walter Nolan who's only played like twenty snaps in the game because he rotates out so much you know <laughs> like right. he's he's fresh they're worn out like it's going to uh, really you know play to what Jimbo wants to do and wear teams down and um, well so so you saying that and I'm reading Lante's comments here uh, about you know worrying about practice reps and and making sure guys get enough playing time really really added in an additional thought that I really haven't had until right now but you think about you know at practice you're going to have one set and one session of good on good you know your your ones versus your ones but then for the most part it's going to be ones versus twos or threes if you're ones, you know, you're good on good. Your receivers are going up against your number, your starting uh, defensive backs or your O-line's going up against, you know, our, our, our starting D-line. And then the rest of practice, they're going against the second D-line, which is Walter Nolan and Brownlow Dendy and all of that. I mean, that's just iron sharpens iron, right? Like that, that's yeah. just, 
they don't get a break. <laughs> They're going against good guys and then going against good guys. I mean, it's just good on good all day, all practice long, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, don't get me wrong, like, like we're going to have transfers because it's so much. Definitely, definitely. It's so much easier now. But the ones that leave, we're not going to be like, oh, man, like, like that guy's leaving. Like, he was such a big piece. Like, uh, it'll probably be a good player, but it won't be a guy that was, you know, if, if they weren't getting reps and decide to leave, it's probably for a reason. Like, for there's sure. just, there's so many good players, only so many can play. And uh, yeah, I bet we do see some good players leave you'd, eventually. You'd be, you'd be naive to say that we're not going to have any transfers. I don't yep. think that everybody's transferring out. I think we'll probably have a, a couple high-profile transfers because, uh, you know, Alante's got got the point of, hey, there's a huge influx of talent all at one time. They're likely to see some of those leave, and that will absolutely happen. I, I, I'm sure that will happen. Yeah. But, you know, how do we maintain them is, is really, really what will be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, to close this out, I, I thought of something uh, – during this during this episode that I, I wanted to bring up, my last point on, uh, you know, how's this program going to fare in the future? I'm curious about how we treat the transfer portal. You know, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, we've taken uh, a guy here and there, but not really, you know, and I think for good reason. You know, we just signed uh, a, an incredible class. Like, you didn't really need a bunch of transfers. But I wonder if you see us, you know, maybe do what Alabama does and, you know, just kind of cherry pick the – the best guys in the portal from, you know, from other places, uh, at, at, at a position of need. Like, I'm not sure what that is, you know, going forward. True. Um, but, uh, I do wonder how they attack that because uh, up to this point, like they've gotten, you know, players they needed, but it's only been like a guy or two here and there. Well, I, I'll use that to, to mention Terry's comment here. He has who we thought would, would be the starting quarterback game one. I just don't know the answer to that. We've got three good guys that they're are great quarterbacks and and will be um you know if i had to guess today i'd probably say max johnson um but it it could also be king i mean the argument could be made for any of the three and we've talked about that a little bit uh, as it is but if max johnson starts game one and max johnson ends up you know our starter for the year and and does great things here I, I think you do see us start working that transfer portal a lot more. Um, but I am curious to see that too and see if we have an uptick there because we just really haven't utilized it like a lot of these other teams have. And um, now we've gotten some good transfers. Uh, uh, several of the guys that, that we've had, Sternberger, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. there, there's been several transfers that we've had that have done really well for us. And and I think it's because we just cherry-picked them. But I, I think uh, – I think that's something, especially with the youth that we have on this team, we probably need a little bit more of. We need a little bit more experience there, and um, I wouldn't be too terribly surprised if we start working it a little bit more. But that's just yeah. something that we haven't seen very much of. Yep, that's right. And I think in today's world, like, like you don't have to build your whole team that way, but I think it'd be nice to – like, I think Bama does it best, obviously, because it's Bama. Like, like they just went and cherry-picked – the top three players in the portal, you know, and now they're, they're, they're restocked again, but yeah, um, it's, it's just something to keep an eye on, you know, going forward. But um, sure. in terms of, in terms of quarterback, um, uh, as it so happens, we're kicking off our uh, position breakdowns, starting with quarterback next week. So um, if you're tuned into this and you're curious, our, our in-depth thoughts on the quarterbacks, uh, that's going to be our next, uh, well, there's, 
there's something coming out Thursday that was recorded a long time ago, but <laughs> our next, <laughs> the lost our next, yeah, our next fresh episode will be next week and it will be on the quarterback. So uh, tune in for that. And, and, and we're working on trying to make it a little bit more of a regular schedule to where we can be like, Hey, we're going to go live on Tuesdays at six 30 or something like that. Yeah. Um, Bear with us as we figure this out. Uh, this is still a new thing. This is only our second live that we've ever done. Um, yeah. So it, I, I can say for, for me personally, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun being able to like directly reply to people. Um, yeah. But We got uh, YouTube viewers. How about that? Yeah, we do. We do. Um, so, so finally got YouTube figured out. It, we've been trying to do that for a while now. And um Hopefully it, it just uh, it gets better and better. We we're trying to m- make the content just improve each week. So uh, yeah. thank you all for joining us, especially you guys are are with us live. Uh, thanks for y'all's questions. We love it. This is why this is why we do it. It's fun. Um, yes, sir. So we appreciate the engagement. Absolutely. And uh, with that, uh, we'll let y'all get back to it. Uh, beat the hell out of Oklahoma. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully times two here in the next few weeks. Hopefully next time we sit down, we're talking about, you got the helmet? There it is. Yeah, oh, I mean, nice. I, I don't have baseball Very helmets, nice. but it's the closest thing I got. Hey, that works. <laughs> oh, yeah, that works. Um, hopefully when we sit down next time, we're talking about uh, uh, the College World Series uh, and A&M being in the final. So um, Let's hope so. Uh, until then, until then, y- y'all take it easy, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.